Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. Hello, everyone. It's Al Borowski with another edition of Catholic Spirituality and Mysticism, where we talk about the supernatural aspects of our faith, all things Catholic, and uh, interesting topics. And uh, our last show uh, had to deal with what's going on with the coronavirus, although at that time we certainly uh, hadn't reached the parameters we're at now, and things are rapidly changing, uh, it seems, each day, uh, certainly each week. And uh, just uh, a lot of things going on. Many of you are aware, yesterday, uh, Thursday, Feast of St. Joseph, March 19th, that Pope Francis asked for a worldwide rosary um, to end the coronavirus. So we'll certainly talk uh, about that uh, today on the show, because last uh, show I had mentioned, you know, some of the saints, or rather, uh, St. Gregory the Great, who uh, led a procession to end um, a plague that was uh, devastating Italy and uh, had no idea at that time that uh, what was going to happen in Italy um, and what is happening in Italy. There's as many I saw as 28 priests that have died in northern Italy uh, from the coronavirus. So uh, we've got a lot to pray about and a lot to reflect on um, as we open up the show. And uh, as, as we open that show before, I, what I'd like to do is that, you know, is for people listening to the show, that Catholics uh, have a lot of patron saints. And that means, like, you know, St. Anthony is the patron of lost articles. And, uh, you know, we pray to the saints. We don't worship them. We venerate them and give them honor, but we also, as Christians, ask their intercessions and prayers for us, uh, because the saints, the church has recognized, are in heaven. So we can. Um, that's a very powerful intercessor when we ask for Saint Joseph, or certainly the Blessed Virgin Mary, or Saint Jude for the patron saint of the impossible, as I mentioned, Saint Anthony for lost articles. So we use that intercession as we pray here uh, for those of other faiths when people ask. Uh, for you to pray. So it's very important uh, that we pray now, um, especially during this Lent. Now, um, some of the saints are connected to certain patronages uh, because it's obvious, but some you know, are, are quite humorous. But the big thing is that it's consoling to know that we have heavenly intercessors in heaven always ready always to present our needs to the Lord. So that being said, we have a handful of saints to call on in such pandemics as we're experiencing. And let's be honest, coronavirus right now is, without doubt, on everyone's mind, the top stories. I mean, the President of the United States here, President Trump, is giving news conferences every day. So I just want to give up a few... um, information on some saints um, that can, you know, help us uh, prayer and petition them for our present needs in this this tumultuous, uh, and that's an understatement, time. So there is a St. Quinarius of Nus, and he's a patron saint. He was a patron saint for the fighting of smallpox. And, you know, smallpox at, at times in history is a devastating disease, horrible disease. So we could pray to him. Saint Saint Quinerus. Then we have Saint Anthony the Great, and he's a patron saint for combating plagues. So I'd like to talk a little about Saint Quinerus of Nus, and because again, as I mentioned, he was a patron saint for those affected by the bubonic plague, and as I mentioned, smallpox. So. Quirinus was born in the first century, and uh, he died probably in the year 116 
uh, A.D., the year of our Lord. Now, legend has it that he was a Roman tribune, and he was ordered to execute um, Alexander, Eventius, and Theodoros. And these men had been arrested on orders of the emperor. And you might have guessed what their crime was. Of course, it was being a Christian. But Quirinus witnessed miracles performed by these three men. And he had been baptized with a daughter of his called Balbina. And because of his Christian faith, he and his daughter were decapitated. And they were buried in one of the catacombs on the Via Appia. So when we move ahead and we see documents from Cologne, and this is 1485, so say uh, roughly 1,500 years, Quirinus' body was donated in 1050 by Pope Leo IX to his sister, the abbess. And soon after, Charles the Bold of Burgundy, he had laid siege to this with an army spreading from western Germany, the Netherlands, and as far south as Italy. So this was huge. So the citizens of the town, they prayed to Quirinus for help, and the siege ended. So there was a great deal of dedication to him. And then he was called upon to intercede in the fight against the bubonic plague and smallpox. So this is how his um, patronage began. Um, and there were farmers that had an interested, uh, interesting uh, tradition in a, on Groundhog Day, and at uh, March 30th is uh, Quirinus's feast day, and it read, "As Saint Quirinus' day goes, so will the summer." So they put a lot of faith in uh, this particular saint. So we can pray to him during this time of the pandemic. Pandemic. Uh, then we have Saint Anthony the Great. And he's a patron saint of the church for those affected by infectious diseases. Now, he was one of the greatest saints uh, during the time of the early church. He was one of the first monks, and he's actually uh, considered the founder and father of organized Christian monasticism. And he organized his disciples into a community, and these, you know, communities grew, and they eventually spread throughout Egypt. And Anthony is known um, also, and this is probably more his familiar moniker, is Anthony, St. Anthony of Egypt. He's, again, known as Anthony the Great, Anthony of Desert, and Anthony of Thebes. And he is also known as the father of all mar monks, and his feast day is celebrated on uh, January 17th. So we can pray to him, because he's a patron saint of um, infectious diseases. So we've got a couple here, and a couple more. Uh, St. Edwin the Martyr, and he goes under the title of St. Edmund. Again, he is a patron saint for victims of uh, pandemics, which, of course, when we're looking at the daily statistics, and so sadly and unfortunately, uh, they're getting bigger and bigger. Um, he it was a saint from the ninth century who died in roughly the year 869. You know, uh, interestingly enough, there, there is very little known about him. And yet, there are, for a guy that's hardly known, there are churches all over England that are dedicated to him. You see, the, the Danes had murdered him when they conquered, conquered his army in 869. So Edmund the Martyr um, is also a patron of torture victims and also a saint to pray for, for protection from plague at that time. But, of course, we can use them today. A um, couple more saints for illnesses and affliction. Uh, saint Damien of Molokai, the famous saint um, with leprosy. So you can pray for that. Uh, pray to him. Saint Dimpha, a 15-year-old Irish girl who's a patronage saint of emotional disorders. There are the 14 holy helpers. Um, pray Now they were uh, prayed for during uh, epidemics, especially the Black Death or the bubonic plague. So we can pray to them. St. Matthias, uh, he's a patron saint of alcoholics and those with smallpox. St. 
uh, Trippin, a you know, patron uh, saint, believe it or not, to aid us in fighting off bed bugs, rodents, and locusts. Now, that may seem kind of humorous, but because of the rodents and the fleas that attach themselves to the rats, that's how the bubonic plague started. So, you know, there's some talk right now with the coronavirus. Um, there's a couple theories. One, it was a, a pangolin, a protected species over there that is considered a delicacy and the scales are used in uh, medicinal purposes in China. And then um, that a bat, not that bats were eaten, but a, a bat had flown into the wet market. Now, what a wet market is, is that the animals, you see they're, they're in this market exposed. There's blood that pours off in the street. So they think a bat flew bit one of the animals in the wet market that was later consumed by a customer and started the coronavirus. So, again, not too humorous. That's a pretty, uh, St. Trippin is a pretty powerful saint. And, you know, it's a good thing that we have in the Catholic Church so many great saints to pray to and ask intercessions. And, again, yesterday uh, our Pope, Pope Francis, asked that a worldwide rosary be prayed. And those are powerful because if the last show that we did on this, or, or several shows, when we talk about the um, supernatural aspects of this, you know, plagues have been stopped. There's no question about it. And we need to um, uh, focus on that and pray to these saints, whether the ones we just named or um, our particular personal ones. But please invoke their uh, intercessions during these, uh, right now, uh, for some people, extremely devastating times, and possibly for us all, uh, that's coming. Um, you know, we talked on the last show about whether this was a correction for God, and, you know, when we talk about things like this, it's for your discernment. Certainly God has used um, epidemics, the forces of nature, uh, in the past, to correct his people. That's a biblical truth. And that happened to Moses and the people. And, you know, at one time, uh, during the Babylonian exile, because the Jewish people had turned away from God so vehemently, and so far removed were they the chosen people from God, their Lord, that they were in captivity for over 400 years. Now think about that. Not a couple weeks, not a few months, 400 years. So God throughout history has corrected people. And it's the old saying, uh, do you want, God can shout or he can whisper. And believe me, brothers and sisters, we, we need to pay attention to those whispers. They're much more gentle. We don't want to shout. Now, um, many people right now are feel that this is a correction uh, to bring us back, and it very well may be um, in your discernment. We did a show on discernment and ways to look at that in your prayer and your discernment. See what you're getting. See what you're getting. You know, there are some remarkable uh, things happening at this time in Lent. And remember, we're still in Lent. And that's a time for us, as we know, to reflect on what our Lord has done with us and what about our relationship with Jesus and the impact he has made or has not made on our lives. So we reflect on that and how we can get closer to him and love him better and in turn love our fellow man better. Um, so we need to look at this uh, at Lent, because what you see here, and whatever the cause of the disease that is spread worldwide, that is shut down borders, as we reflect this Lent, we all have our false gods, and many, many of those gods right now are, have been stripped away. We look at our economic systems and this global 
financial system we have. And the stock market, Wall Street, for some, the avarice, the approach to making money, becomes a god in itself. It becomes the most important thing in life, even when one obtains a great deal of financial success and financial security. And that's kind of a misnomer as we're finding out, isn't it? Financial security, as if we control our security. And yet that false god has been stripped away very, very quickly. And there's talk, and may, may it, it, uh, it may be a little bit of pride. There's always hope. But how quickly the United States will recover, uh, maybe other countries, and get back to uh, business as usual. And that may or may not happen. We will see. We, we will see. If this is a correction from God, then if we turn to him and put him first, then good things and blessings will and graces will happen for us. If we do not and continue on the path we are, well, again, we'll be left to our own devices. And let's be quite frank. This God has been stripped down. There are so many people out of work right now and entire industries closing. I mean, I don't know how it is in your particular state. I mean, California just last night is going to, um, I don't want to use the word lockdown, but for lack of better words right now, you know, they're going to be confined to a lot they can do except for emergency things. And a lot of the principles that we, and freedoms that we cherish as Americans and that rugged individualism is also being stripped away. And this uh, financial security has proven we're not so secure. Uh, we'll talk about this a little later uh, in any way, much or less in the finance world. And we can only, we hope and pray that because let's be honest, money should not be our God, okay? Let's, right up front. Now, as practicing Catholic Christians, as, as, and Christians out there listening, and even if you're listening and you don't believe in God, it shouldn't come first. When you're a believer, God comes first, and then your fellow man. That was the Gospel reading today, the two great commandments. Love God with all your heart, strength, and soul, and love your fellow man as you love yourself. And we are a far cry from that right now in society, not just in the States, but worldwide. But even a non-believer want, should want to step outside himself and be concerned about others. And that's a good thing. And that's a good thing. You know, I, I heard... Uh, one radio host that was actually, uh, I don't know how well he's known, I don't think he's one of the, the bigger ones, but he had a show and I just happened to tune in and I was thinking, my gosh, you know, uh, he was saying that basically we should keep industry flowing because only a few people and most of them, you know, have died. And uh, why would we want to penalize and cause greater grief for all the millions of people that are going to be out of work. And that, I'm sure, is one take that people have. But you cannot put, and we've done this, finances and money over human beings because human beings have dignity. They're created in the image of God and they have a soul. And that is priceless. And when we start to uh, disavow that knowledge and try treat human beings as just a cog in a wheel as a means to an end. We're headed for some desperate, desperate uh, decisions that might have to be made. And especially with this coronavirus in Italy um, with overwhelmed hospitals, sick health care workers, 
it could happen here, it could happen anywhere. People may, may have to make a choice between elderly people and others. Think of how dangerous and a dangerous slope that leads to. Extremely, extremely dangerous. A place we do not as human beings want to go. We don't want to go to that place to sacrifice a few for the many, as many people might think. And especially in order for commerce. You know, in Chronicles, Second Chronicles, God tells the people the solution to their ills. If my people will pray and cry to heaven, repent and turn from their ways, that God will hear the prayer and he will heal not only the nation but the land. He will restore much more than what was lost. And we know this from the story of Job. And we can count and trust in God's love and mercy if we turn to him. And that's why I mentioned when we talk about turning the economy so quickly, brothers and sisters, which we need. Because again, as I said, money shouldn't be the important thing, but, and I was leading up to this, it is important. It is important because there is survival involved. There's work, and that's a good thing. The Catholic Church uh, has done encyclicals on the dignity of work and human being. And it is important. It gives people work. It, it produces things. It's a good thing. But it is not God. And it may be prideful to think that we can turn around, again, if this is God's correction, we don't correct ourselves correctly by turning to him and trusting in him and doing what he wants, especially in regards to our fellow man. Um, we can think we're going to take care of everything, and it's just not going to happen. If one thing the coronavirus should teach us right now is that we are not indestructible, there is not one system that we have idolized that is indestructible, that the virus doesn't care if you're famous, rich, poor, what you have, what you don't have. It's indiscriminate. It can kill or can infect and kill anyone. It doesn't matter who you are. So all of a sudden, what it should teach us is this indestructibility that we have thought we have had and that we can create, and this fear of, of death. We need to revisit that and reflect, especially this Lent, what's important to us. Now, why I think this is, is important for us is because in, in what we should take from this, if it's just one thing from the, the pandemic, is that we are not indestructible, we have a false sense of security. And eventually, all of us, no matter what system we create on Earth, even, even for the sake of argument, if we created some type of um, utopia here on Earth and ended poverty and had an even playing field, we're still going to die. All of us. We all have that death sentence, in a, in a way, manner of speaking, from the minute we're born. That is going to happen. That's a 100% guarantee. And then after that, when we pass, we will live. St. Paul talks about getting on that other side in a blink of an eye, that fast. And then we live for an eternity. And the question then and this is the big question and the big thing to reflect on, especially during these times, um, is where we're going to live, with God or with the devil. And I am not trying to frighten people during this time. You know, I really, uh, I don't like when people do that. I don't really like when people do that. Well, you better, like a big stick over somebody's head, you better conform, you see what's out or else. You'll be in for it. Wow. Be careful 
with being judgmental like that. Because even during correction times, if this is a correction by our Lord, and it very well could be, it, it certainly leans toward that right now, uh, and we'll see how this pays out if it gets worse, that there is time even the most hardened heart to come back. And God gives that time. So in essence, it becomes an act of mercy. God's mercy and love. Because he, God knows what's important because he sees from the eye of eternity. So I'm not trying to frighten anybody here, but this is something we need to reflect on. Because for many affected by this, death has come knocking at their door. And eventually for all of us it will. And we need to reflect on that because it will get us to see a new way of thinking about what is important in our lives. So we see the financial security stripped away for decades. And I love sports. I mean, I, I still train in my martial arts. I still, I love, you know, when love isn't the, the exact word because love, te <laughs> actually brothers and sisters, I, I'm trying to do better with that because love means you'd be willing to die, to die for that. And um, why I like baseball and I like basketball, I'm a Brooklyn Net fan and uh, we had a lot of interesting games up to this point. I, I like the college basketball, the NCAA you know, I, I do watch football, college football, uh, you know, so I like that too. And uh, that idol is gone. And how fast that went. That went quicker than the finances. Just think about a month ago, especially for the people up in the uh, Northeast, the big story in, in sports, who will Tom Brady sign with? Will he be back with the New England Patriots? Will he sign with somebody else? The 49ers want him. This team wants him. That team wants him. And that was big news. And for people, it was kind of important. Now, it's moot. Many people don't really care who he signs with, whether he plays for Tampa Bay. It's such, it's removed. The college basketball, uh, which is such a Huge, huge tournament at this time of year. Gone. Baseball now, talking about put, pushing it, uh, it was going to be April. Now it's maybe the middle of May, which is such a, you know, America's pastime. that took people during their hardship problems, let's face it, during World War One, during World War Two, during the Depression. It was a great diversion for people to forget some of their misery and go watch and play these sports. And that's gone. Hockey. You, you name it. It's gone. Golf. So the idols, and I say idol because how many of us, even in our own home parishes, how many of us see the families, and I'm not judging anybody here, that don't go to Mass if you're Catholic, or maybe don't go to Protestant services, or to, you know, and take their kids to a soccer match or a ball game that they have to play in, or a practice, and a society that has lent uh, encouragement to that because they don't really care when they schedule these events, and they don't have to do it on a Sunday knowing that there are people of faith. That's gone. That's gone. The high school sports in, the, in their tournaments, gone. And it's tough. If you're a senior, you sympathize with them. Their last year, and maybe playing in a tournament, you know, and that's, that's finished. So what we thought is an impossibility, uh, maybe not so much in Wall Street because you had a 13-year uh, bull market and, you know, you knew that had to correct itself if history says anything, which it does. But I don't think anyone thought it would happen like this. And sports is, was a mainstay. It would never be taken. Well, it's gone. And the other thing that helped people during the war years 
uh, in World War II in the Depression, were movies, and they still do. Well, they're gone. Movie theaters are closed. Hollywood is not making movies right now. And the uh, big movies that were coming up have been held back. In a way, there are no stars now, are there? Because they are apt to get it just as well as someone that doesn't even own a home. That's gone. An industry that unfortunately makes more money than the top sports combined, pornography, is stripped away. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. And so many things that we hold up, education, higher learning, which are all good things in themselves, gone. Schools closed. They're doing it uh, online. And that's in the shuffle. And even the healthcare system, which we pride ourselves on, you've got to be screened. The doctors want you to go to the ER if you have some of the symptoms. They don't want people coming in because they don't want the healthcare workers being sick and the hospitals overwhelmed because that situation I mentioned about then deciding who lives and dies is reached. And it's a very dangerous thing. And that's been knocked down. And then sadly, 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 even our church, with many of the uh, new executive orders by the state leaders, and they are being prudent. And please pray for the bishops, pray for the Pope, because, you know, there will always be people that criticize, I guess, but, you know, they're, they're showing prudence here. They're using wisdom and judgment. Massive is in some. Now some, they're going to have confession. There's some that are still doing Stations of the Cross, but they're limited, and we'll see how this all pays out. And I give credit uh, to trying to keep confession open because the priests that do this, they know the value of that, especially if you were in mortal sin. Because it's bad enough that people, and it's, it's sad, it's such a tragedy, like that family in New Jersey, when the people die. But again, brothers and sisters, we do live after that. And that's why these priests, they know the value of the sacrament of confession. And I strongly encourage anyone listening to the show that if you are in a state of mortal sin, please, please, please get to a priest and make that confession, especially with what's going on. Because it would be bad enough if this virus claims you or someone you know. But if that soul is in a state of mortal sin, it can have, you know, huge, huge ramifications for their eternal life. So while there's time, still get to confession and check with your local priest to see what they're doing or if you can make an appointment on a one-on-one. -on -one. So, you know, it's very important. To, in times like this, you know, this is what the correction is. Um, when God makes corrections, um, again, for your discernment, I'm not saying he is or isn't, but uh, again, to reflect and come and get right with him. Because any times this has happened biblically, through biblical history, or in um, whether it be apparitions of Mary, of Fatima, or Lourdes, or any time in history, when these corrections happen, it's to get back and right with God. Not only as a, a society, but as individuals. So it's, it's an important part because I'm sure many uh, 
many people are missing that daily mass. And certainly as we approach uh, Sunday, uh, with the Sunday masses being canceled, that's going to be tough because for many, they've gone their entire lives, year after year, Sunday after Sunday, and that's, that's not going to happen. And thank the Lord. Thank God that we have EWTN and some local channels that have a daily mass, and you can, you can tune into that because EWTN is still doing their daily mass at, uh, I believe, 8, 12, 7, and midnight. And some other uh, stations are also, uh, you check your local stations. We have one that does a 10 o'clock mass. And online there may be things uh, on the internet that I'm not familiar with because I'm not a real big high-tech guy with things like that. But you might want to check into that. Uh, for some of the things you can go back and watch, um, sort of like a on-demand, so to speak. So we want to do that. And then, as we reflect, you know, uh, is to pray. To stay close to our Lord in prayer. And as I mentioned with the Worldwide Rosary to end the coronavirus yesterday, awesome thing. You know, a beautiful prayer, powerful prayer. It's a weapon against Satan, a weapon against all the tumultuous uh, things that are happening in our time. And the Divine Mercy Chaplets and the litanies and, you know, we have these great prayers. But it's also time, I think, to pray, pray from the heart. We have time now. We are asked, and we'll talk about this in, in a little bit, um, to stay home unless we have to go out. So even just for a couple of minutes, off the computer, off the phones, off the TV. Some the churches are being open. Uh, there is some adoration in some, at least in our state, and time to uh, just go in and pray for a few moments. If you have a few moments, if you can't make a church or you're nervous about going out because you know you want to show you want to show wisdom, you're being asked not to. Stay home, a quiet spot, a chair, and just talk to God. And then the most important part, give Jesus time to talk to you because that happens. And this is a great time to get contemplative and listen to what he is telling you. And then if it's part of the church teaching, our tradition and scripture and the catechism, and it all lines up with that. You can check the show, show on the sermon that we did. It's archived. But those are the big ones. Uh, scripture, what you're getting in your prayer. If it's in line with Scripture, if it's in line with our tradition, if it's in line with the Catechism of the Catholic Church, you're pretty much on the money. And then you want to act on it. Because we have time now to reflect. And it's a good time to do it. Wherever you are. I, I don't, whether you want to take an hour, like say if there's some adoration somewhere and you're comfortable, and or at home, even for a couple minutes, just to hear what the Lord's saying. And maybe write it down and journal a little bit and see what you're getting and then discern it. Jesus will talk to you if you listen. And it's an awesome thing. And it's an awesome thing, especially if we act on it. You may be called, uh, a particular brother or sister listening to the show, to step out of a comfort zone and do something to help. And it could be simple, even staying within the parameters of your own home. So don't let that uh, threaten any prayer or action you could do. So there's great opportunity here. And that's something, <clears throat> while difficult, when people are dying, when people are infected, or we're in a time like this <clears throat> where there's a great deal of uncertainty. Now, I give a lot of 
credit to the President of the United States and the people worldwide and in this country, the states working together to try to come together to end this. But a lot of this they're learning um, seems every hour something new. So we want to pray for them to be guided by the Holy Spirit to have good judgment and, and a cure and a vaccine for this quickly so this can end. Um, so be patient and especially be patient with our bishops and priests because they've got to show a great deal of prudence here because we while we don't want to give in to panic and fear, we don't. The Lord is here. He's among us. He's just waiting for us to reach out to him. That we also want to not downplay this. We want to take this serious because this is this isn't, you know, because people are aware. This isn't a little two week vacation. And if you notice, we were hoping to wrap this up quickly and now and again, we're, we're all learning things here. Um, some have said this won't be over until summer. So we're in for a long haul. We're in for a long haul, it looks like. And again, we'll see. If we come back to God, we get these blessings and graces. So say, keep praying. And the other thing to do, and this is one of my weak spots, is fasting. Um, you know, the original translations in Scripture, when the apostles couldn't throw out the demon, it originally Christ told them, this, can only, this demon can only be exercised through prayer and fasting. Well, we kind of knocked the fasting part out. But fasting is powerful. So if you give up something a little bit, maybe not food if you can't, or some, something, something that you usually do or a behavior that you're wrestling with, the Lord will use that because we can get back there. Remember, that's what saved Nineveh, a huge, huge town, the epicenter of the society at that time, the civilization at that time. It was going to go down. It was going, oh, E-T. But because they listened and they repented, they were spared. And there's a lesson there for us. So we need to we need to do that, not only as a community, but individuals. So those are powerful things. So I hope, you know, if you can fast, I you're you're a hero. You really are. What you're doing is heroic. And pray. Offer up your rosaries, offer up your petitions. Keep praying, don't give up. Keep the hope. Because our, our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in Christ. It's not going to be in an economic system. It's, it's not going to be in an individual and, and certain experts. It is going to be through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, that will work this knowledge to find an ethical cure to heal and come back to us. And the other thing we need to do, because I'm sure you've seen the stories, and this, I guess, personal opinion, I guess they didn't really listen too much to the people that were saying that there was plenty of food and to just get what you need and leave something and share for others. Well, that's not happening. And we don't want to hoard, brothers and sisters. Right now, you know, there's a lot of blessings we have. Um, we're coming out of the winter, so there'll be warmer weather. Um, so if there was a loss of power and it was a cold winter, things like that we don't really have to worry about right now. Uh, for many listening to the show, you have a roof over your head and you do have food and you have running water. So these are all great gifts. Now if that's taken away, we'll deal with that. We will. And again, we just need to keep our eyes like flint, our face set like flint, and focus on Jesus. But if you're generous, our Lord will be generous to you and to us. He will. I've seen that in my own life, believe me. 
generosity goes a long way, and, and we cannot outdo God's generosity. We cannot. So don't be afraid to give. To give. We need to share. There's, right now, there's a lot of food production. There's enough for everybody to go around. Take what you need a couple weeks. I know nobody wants to go among all the people. You know, it, it's, it's tricky right now. could be even dangerous to be with a lot of people in stores. And we don't want to do it. But maybe go when you need. Get a couple weeks worth of stuff and leave something for somebody else. You know, many of the stores and markets now are, um, probably, I guess, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. easy for me to say, they probably should have done this the, the first, uh, limiting quantities of what you can buy. So let's, let's be, you know, generous and help people out. Even, you know, like if you know an elderly person during this time that's alone and maybe frightened, call. That's one, you know, there are some good things happening here. Um, people are getting closer. They've got time now for their families. Uh, people are actually not so much texting. They're actually calling, calling and talking to people, talking through a telephone. What a novel idea, huh, <laughs> in this age of technology. Um, and, you know, so that, that would be a way you could help, especially if it's someone you haven't talked to in a while, a family member, somebody, you know, this is a good time. Times like this, these are good times to forgive because there's a lot of graces in forgiveness. And that's another good thing that can happen here is that people will realize just how fragile our lives are. Not, not so much even our systems, our lives. But we look, look at, as we were talking earlier, look at how quickly the, the uh, systems that we put on a pedestal are, are, are stripped. I mean, so fast, in a couple weeks. And the same can be said for our lives. We are all, or should be, seeing how fragile they are. You know, even the young, that at first this was said, you know, they don't have to worry too much about it. They're not going to be affected. Well, that's changed now. And, and a lot of the rules and parameters are changing. You know, who would have thought just a month ago we were doing an entirely different type of show. We were, it was business as usual. And look at us now. How many people's lives have changed? How the way our country here in the United States has changed? How the people's lives in other countries have changed? And it isn't so-called normal anymore. And it happened very, very quickly. And I think we need to reflect on this, especially it's happening at this time in Lent. You know, let's hope and pray that we can have Easter Masses and the celebrations which we, as practicing Catholics and Christians, we, we love. And we may not this year. And we may not have those sports. And we may not see the economy come back to what it was. And we may see an entirely different way we prioritize our lives and our relationships, not only with God, but with each other. And we very well may be at the precipice of a new era. And it might not be that bad when it ends. Yes, there will be pain. And it could be different. But what if we do get back more to our families? What if we get back to more concern about the environment? Because, you know, the coronavirus... Um, it looks more and more like this was an environmental problem. And, you know, we, we did a program just prior to all this breaking out, I believe, on uh, the Laudato Si, the encyclical the Pope wrote 
2015, warning us about our relationship with God, each other, and the environment. And this is an environmental problem, and many of the problems we're having are. And maybe we'll revisit that. Maybe we'll revisit what we hold dear and think is important, and what we thought was important really isn't. And, you know, maybe the era we knew is coming to a close. You know, many times in, in history, as human beings, we don't learn. You know, look at the Roaring Twenties. They, they had come out of World War One, where they'd never known such destruction. The Spanish flu, which killed, you know, they believe 50 to 100 million people. And they had the Rip Roaring Twenties, almost a complete decade of technology at that time growing. Wealth false idols, just like we do now. And then in that October, that market came crashing down. And 15 years, the Depression, 15 years, they had the Dust Bowl during that time. Bread lines, soup lines. And then World War II, a one-two punch. And the people survived. And then they thrive for a while, made the same mistakes, and we can learn. And there are lessons that we should take right now. We, I think we need as a, uh, individuals and as a culture, as a community, we need to look and, and see and prioritize, again, what's important to us. Do we need to put a false god of money back on it? pedestal, or sports for that matter? Do we need, maybe need to go back to the blue laws we used to have in the States? Poland's doing that over a period of time. There'll be no, there'll be no commerce, there'll be no jobs at, uh, on Sunday. They're going back to that over a few-year period until it's, it's completely uh, back to what it was. Maybe we need to do that. Maybe we need to be a little more environmentally conscious and all of us maybe have a green thumb. Maybe we're going to learn to share more and to not really put successful and, and well-known people on such a pedestal where they're, they could be even a false god among people. But to look at them for what they are, God's beloved creature, like you and I and, and you know, realize that we're all in this together and that we all need to lean on our Lord and we need to lean on each other for help in times like these, which, you know, the Americans have been so good at. We seem to really rise to the occasion, whether it was World War One or the Depression or World War Two or many hurricanes, you know, Hurricane Harvey. And now there's a lot of good things going on out there. Um, you know, some of the environment is coming back because of the slowdown in production. I guess some streams and things like that are actually clear. You can see to the bottom and see fish swimming. And these are high prices to pay. But in the past, that's what's happened. It was a high price to pay. And then for a while, you know, as a people that came back to God, there were blessings and graces, but, you know, God told Moses, there's stiff-necked people. That goes for us. And we turn. And maybe this lesson to learn is that uh, we need to stay longer with our Lord and put him first and trust in him and be merciful to people. And, you know, we can go, I guess, two ways here when this ends, because it will, that we either can pull together and stop the division and the polarization which has been uh, so prevalent in uh, the United States plus all over the world and stop the politicking and work together and do good things for everybody and work as a community and everybody then can have what the Pope Francis calls 
uh, the common good. We look out for the welfare of the common good. Or we could become more divided, and that's a bad thing because it's pretty bad now. You know, it, it, I hate to say it, it's tough that there's even during this time politics being enacted. And this is not the time for that. This is not the time for that. This is a time to pull together and help and to share and to share our time. It, it's not the time for division. But these are the ways we can go. The church also, also can go stronger. Maybe people will realize, you know, that there's something missing in their lives all, all during this time. They'll see that all these false gods being knocked away, that there is a one true God. And maybe that's something to explore and look at and change that relationship and realize that we are not really, you know, the old, uh, John Dunn said it, no man is an island. And realize that's very true. So it's kind of uh, ironic that we now have this term social distancing and all the, uh, a lot of the phones and the websites and the Facebook and all this social media has distanced ourselves. And now we're even more distanced. And anything that technology is going to try to do to pull us together is actually distance, distance us even further. Well, now we have the term for safety, social distancing. But as we close out uh, tonight's program, remember who's in charge. It's not us. It's the Lord. And it's a time to reflect and get close to him. This will pass. There can be good out of this. Even if it is an end of an era, there will be a better way. And not to fear, not to panic. Be wise, be prudent. Listen and, you know, not so much tear down um, our church leaders and our president and politician our medical leaders, and trust in them that they're doing what's best and pray that they have the wisdom and prudence and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that goes for us too because we will overcome this as other peoples have. Other peoples have had to deal with many, many things during the centuries we've been here, and so will we. And it looks like this is our time here for our challenge. And with God, we will meet the challenge. And with God, we will overcome the challenge. Because we know from a promise of Jesus Christ that he hears our prayers. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and that door will be open. That's a promise from Jesus himself. And he has also told us that all things are possible with God. So be well, my brothers and sisters. Don't fear. Don't panic. Be prudent and trust in the love and mercy of our Lord. For he always loves us. He always will. He always had, especially as we look at Lent this time and reflect on what he did for each one of us. And throw your cares your concerns, and your worries on the foot of the cross. Stay close to him in prayer, fast if you can, and hang on to him right now. Hang on to him as if you'll never let go. God bless. Good night. Hello, God's beloved. I'm Annabelle Mosley, author, professor of theology, and host of Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. I invite you to listen in and find inspiration along this sacred journey we're traveling together to make our lives a masterpiece and, with God's grace, become saints. 
Join me, Annabelle Mosley, for Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. God bless you. Remember, you're never alone. God is always with you. We hope you enjoyed the program, and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.